Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 72 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We've got a great conversation in store for you today, but before we get there, I want to remind you, you've got six days left, only six days, to enter our Bribe to Subscribe contest. We're going to give away a new iPad. We are bribing you to subscribe or to get others to subscribe. So go over to our website, churchleadershippodcast.com, click on the top right corner menu tab, Bribe to Subscribe, to find out all the information to enter for a chance to win a new iPad. Now, here is today's conversation. Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Today, we have a special guest with us. Trevin Wax has joined us on the podcast today. Trevin, thank you for being with us today on the Church Leadership Podcast. I'm glad to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And as we talk, it starts raining <laughs> it so is hard here. I don't raining. know if you can hear that rain. Yeah, it is but, pouring uh, rain. Yeah, it's been raining here just about every day. Well, Trevin, again, thank you for being on the podcast. And if, if you don't mind, share a little bit about um, where God has you and, you know, the role that you're playing now and, and what he's using you to, to kind of uh, participate in and how he's using you to lead uh, in LifeWay and, and other areas too. Sure. So, so right now, um, in just the last few months, I've been serving as um, uh, a vice president for theology and communications, which means I, I oversee the communications department internally and externally for Lifeway. Lifeway Research. If you've ever seen Lifeway Research studies and things, that team uh, is is part of my team. And then Lifeway Leadership, which includes Ministry Grid, and then uh, Lifeway Leadership podcasts and. Whatnot. And I also um, oversee a theological community of practice that does some uh, training for marketers and editors all throughout LifeWay just to, to make sure that we are uh, staying true to uh, what our confessional guideposts are uh, for, for LifeWay to, to make sure that we uh, continue to put out trustworthy resources. So um, that's a new role. I had served in the, as director for Bibles before that and then had been brought to LifeWay to, to start the Gospel Project before that. And so I have a hand in all of those things too. Well, we are thankful for your work in the Gospel that's Project. Right. Uh, both of our churches actually uh, utilize the Gospel Project. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful resource that is for uh, every age to be on the same page kind of thing. We, we really appreciate that. And That's been a labor of love. That team is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing to yeah. work yeah. with. Yeah. It's, it's, it's produced a lot of fruit in our yep. ministry. So we're, we're thankful for that. And it sounds like you've got a plate full. You've got yeah. a lot going on and we appreciate you taking the time to be with us here today on the podcast. And we, we have followed you from a distance for a while and we're familiar with a lot of your, your work and what you do. And we're thankful how God has used you and your influence, not just through LifeWay, but just in uh, Christianity, evangelical Christianity in, in our culture and in our That's day right. and age. So we're thankful for for that. Uh, we wanted to talk about some of those things. If, uh, if you want to, to go down that yeah. road and, and that rabbit hole for, right. for just a few minutes. So we, we, listen, we have so many questions. We don't have time to ask all the questions that we want to ask, but, oh boy. but I figure we'll, we'll start with this one. Um, in what you do and uh, you know, a lot of the, your blogs and the things you write about are related to this. Um, obviously, I mean, it, it, you would have to be living under a rock to not, be aware of the cultural challenges that we face as Christians 
in our culture, in our context, in, in America. And so talk a little bit about some of those cultural challenges that you have seen that we face as Christians today. Well, I, you know, the church, the church is facing challenges in every, every generation. And so sometimes I think we have the tendency to think that the challenges that we're facing today are bigger challenges than those faced 50 years ago or a hundred years ago, or, but the, the church, what I like to remind whenever we're, we're going to talk about this subject, what I like to remind people of is that um, the church is, uh, is always in crisis um, even if you go back all the way back to the early church, heresies coming from within the right. church, persecution coming from outside the church, but the church is likewise also always stable because Jesus mm-hmm. said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will right. not prevail against it. So um, whenever we talk about challenges, you generally are going to find your opportunities around, clustered around those challenges or as part of those challenges. One of the, there's several that immediately come to mind when I think about the, the church in the West or in our in our context, um, uh, one is just there's a, a declining trust in institutions, mm. um, and so it it can be challenging to um, to make a case for it. Something like church membership, um, you know, church attendance may be an easier sell for many people than church membership, but the idea of institutions and faith in institutions declining—that's something that is across the board. Throughout the United States, uh, um, generally the military is still well-respected and well-trusted. But uh, after that, it, most of the institutions have taken a big hit, and churches being one of them. Of course, the the sex abuse scandals that have uh, just ravaged the Catholic Church, and then, I mean, even some of our own uh, circles, those um, uh, certainly don't help uh, when it comes to trusting in, in the power of formation of institutions. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that that's happened. Another thing is just... Um, uh, the the dominant worldview for most people in our society is that the purpose of life is to find and express yourself. Mm-hmm. That you know, be true to who you are. Find out who you are deep down inside. What you desire the most. Run after that with all your might. Um, and that presents both challenge and opportunity. The 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 challenge there being that uh, um, that that can turn your faith or your you know church attendance or your uh, religious practice into something that's just an add-on to a life that's really all revolving around you and whatever you think that you are deep down inside. You, you kind of remain in control of who you are. You define yourself and then other people around you um, are there to affirm and help you along in that journey of whatever it is that you've decided for yourself. And so the church doesn't get emptied in that situation. It gets full of people who think the church is there to help them do that to be right. true to themselves, to be the better self. So that's a challenge. Um, um, and then, you know, then we, we certainly have challenges too culturally because when it comes to um, uh, the, you know, our, our understanding of um, creation and the fall and morality, particularly sexual morality, we're increasingly the minority, uh, certainly the minority these days. And so uh, that can be a challenge for the church as well, because not only do we have a message that may seem crazy to the world. We also have a morality that increasingly may seem crazy to the world. And that's um, something that we have to grapple with in, in, in the days ahead. You're, you're, you're speaking a language that maybe some people who are listening to our podcast, that light bulbs are going on. Yeah. Some things are clicking with them. You're, they're thinking, you know, we do have a lot of people attending our church and there is a lack of <laughs> commitment for membership and uh, membership isn't as meaningful maybe as as it has been in the past, or m- maybe people are there and 
and, and they're thinking, wow, all of this stuff, you're doing all this for me, you know, wow, that's great. I can, I can, I can be on board with a church who's, uh, centered around me and my affinities and desires and and passions. So, so that's, I think you're speaking directly to a lot of people who are listening and it's, it's going to make sense to them. What are some, what are some challenges we have uh, in, in church right now, as far as, I know there's a lot of talk about Generation Z and millennials and, uh, and how those demographics uh, are greatly affected by the methods we're using to, to reach people. Uh, obviously, we know that the gospel is timeless, and we, we want to be effective in our efforts to, to share the gospel and make disciples. What are some challenges you think, based on the things that you just mentioned, that the average church is going to face? Well, when, when I think about, I mean, one of the, you talked about church membership being one of the, the things that's been affected. Church attendance has also been affected just a little bit differently. It, the, if you look at the percentage of people who attend church every week today, uh, or sorry, that consider themselves regular attenders of church today versus other generations, we're really about at the rate that we were in the 1940s from a percentage of the population that attends, you know, that considers themselves a, 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 a you know, faithful in their, their uh, attendance to, to church. What has really changed though, in the past 15 to 20 years though, is what the definition of faithful church attender means. So a lot of people have seen attendance drop, not because they've necessarily lost a lot of people, but because people don't come as frequently as they used to. So, you know, someone who's there a couple times a month would be considered a faithful churchgoer, whereas it used to be two or three times a week was considered a faithful churchgoer, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. So because of that, I think we're, that's one of the challenges is that we do see a decline in church attendance, which, um, we, and it can be really challenging, you know, for pastors, for leaders who are doing sermon series, or they're trying to build on teaching, or they really want to build a culture where there's a, a a strong community focus, it can be challenging when people just are not gathering as often. A lot of people see, again, they see the church as something a little more on the periphery of their life rather than at the, at, at the center of their, um, of their family life. And so, and you see that happen constantly when it comes down to, you know, questions and concerns and priorities when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, ball versus, you know, versus church or entertainment or other things. Um, so I think that's that's one challenge. But you mentioned Gen Z and Generation X, and um, we we certainly also have um, a, a challenge. I think of um, techno- technology has really complicated things for a lot of parents and a lot of families. Yep. Um, I, I hear I hear a lot from families and from churches who are just not sure how to. The, the smartphone has really revolutionized so many aspects of of life, and that they they're they're concerned about how to monitor the the online lives of their kids they're not you know they're concerned about what they could access they're um and so there that that sense that you you had where you kind of you tried to to raise your kids in a good environment at home good environment at church you know be involved with your kids at school no matter what kind of school whether it's homeschool or christian school or public school um, that is complicated somewhat by the smartphone and the ability for people, our, our kids to just access and have conversations constantly with people from all different sides of, you know, all over the world, even in, in playing certain games and things. And so 
Um, so I think that's that's a challenge that we are still figuring out exactly what that looks like, how we will address that. We've seen a lot of anxiety increase among teenagers, among Gen Z. You've seen a lot of, um, uh, especially among uh, young girls, there's just a level of anxiousness in, in there that a lot of uh, people are beginning to wonder, seeing the numbers, they can see it seeming to rise with the rise of smartphones. And they wonder, is that leading to um, uh, needless anxiety that goes beyond what you would have in middle school or high school, just in the social dynamics of, of, of um, you know, that, that world, because you're never really unplugged from it. You know, those are questions that are being raised. And I think Again, the church is challenged with that too, because uh, it's our families too. We're all caught, kind of caught in the maelstrom of that. I think the yes, the as is, a father of two teenage girls, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, and the the way to respond and the way for the church to come alongside and be a support and a help, and um, and to offer wisdom and guidance in those areas, I think is going to be really important. Hmm. Well, and that brings me to the next question, really related to all of that. Um, both, you know, subjects we just talked about with, with the, the cultural shift in the West, with, with the changing approach that we have to have to ministry, with the rapid technology um, changes and impact that we all experience, church leaders, church members, pastors, all of us. How do we as Christians, how do we as church leaders respond to all these changes? Because, you know, Trevin, I mean, that there's all kind of typical natural responses, you know, when, when, you know, when the culture uh, is changing, when the language of culture is changing, when the worldview is changing, you know, the natural response is to, you know, just to rail against it, to, you know, to go on a rant on social media or in the pulpit or, or whatever. And then, with all the technology shifting as well, the natural reaction is to run and hide and, and ignore and deny. So what, what's the right way to respond to all these cultural changes that we're experiencing as leaders and as churches? Well, I think, I think it helps us um, if we can anticipate and expect some of the cultural shifts that we see. I mean, some of them you can see coming. Um, and when they get here, it seems like it shocks and surprises us. But um, on the one hand, that may be because we've grown used to, or we've we've gotten accustomed to the culture as it was, and we are are a little surprised when the world is acting like the world and following trajectories that the world is going to follow. You know, so I think on the one hand, um, we 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 shouldn't act fearful um, or be or be terribly surprised at at what happens in the world because we know things could get a lot worse. There have been right. times throughout history, they have been a lot worse. Um, and there are places in the world right now where it's a lot worse for Christians. And so uh, a little perspective goes a long way, I think, um, in, in us not simply being reactionary. I mean, I, we will have, uh, hopefully, sanctified, uh, God-glorifying reactions to certain things that happen in the world. But to be reactionary means we're not actually thinking about our mission moving forward. We're actually... Um, we, if we're not careful, we can we can get into this um, fortress mentality where you know if we all just will huddle together and maybe the storm will blow over and we'll all be fine. But um, my that kind of defensive posture, I think, um, it, it there are times we do need to be defensive. But that kind of defensive posture, I think, the 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 concern I always have with that is that it leads us to maintenance over mission, maintaining what we have 
rather than mission about about moving forward. And so, um, so I'd I'd encourage people um, when when you see these cultural challenges coming, it's part of the adventure. I mean, this is the adventure of following Jesus. This is not this is not. Um, uh, we, we should expect that it's going to be hard at times. We should expect there's going to be a price to pay. We should expect there's going to be at times sacrifice, misunderstanding. Jesus said, you'll be mocked, you'll be persecuted. You'll be, um, you know, um, there, there are ways that we can move forward with a kind of uh, faith where we, we try to uh, carve out for ourselves the freedom and we want to maintain for ourselves the freedom to be able to live according to our beliefs. I think that is very important for us and for the next generation. But I don't think we do that primarily out of a posture of fear. I think it's it needs to be more out of the posture of of faith that we want. We have received some some really good things in our society that we want to preserve. It's what salt does; it preserves, right? And so um, I think as as Christians, we'd be better off looking around to seeing those opportunities where we might act as a uh, the agent of salt, where we're slowing down decay and we are preserving good things in our society at the same time being distinct. Uh, from the world in how we live. That's fantastic. That's spot on, Trevin. That's spot on. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, demeanor that a lot of people have holding the fort down until Jesus comes back, I think that's antithetical to the mission of the church. I think we're supposed to be uh, be, be influencers in our culture. And I, th- I think the, the, the gospel power and the Holy Spirit living inside us, that's the, I think that those are the things that Jesus foresaw us being able to utilize that's in right. fulfilling his mission for us. So, yeah, so the, the only, the only fort that is being trying to be held down is Satan's and the gates yeah. we're, we're charging the gates. That's the, that's, that's right. the vision that Jesus gives of of what the mission of the church looks like um that we are actually the ones who are 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 on the move and that's right forward. that's right we're on the offense and you know what god is sovereign <laughs> and you know none of this is a surprise to him and so we you said in faith you know we trust in the lord as as he uses us as influencers yeah and and god has blessed you and the opportunities you have, the platform you have, you have a wealth of information coming at you probably from all directions. And uh, I'm just curious to know, what do you think the, the, the trends are with the information you have at, at your disposal for the normative size church? Because that is, that's the majority of the, the listeners on our podcast or the 250 and under uh, size churches and church leaders in those those churches are just are in the trenches. They're trying to do their best to uh, to reach their communities, to preach biblical truth and, and, and with fidelity. And they're trying to engage and influence the culture. What kind of trends do you see as far as that? Because we're experiencing something uh, with the relationships we have and the friendships we're building. And we're seeing that the normative size church and, and even by vocational ministry, are kind of on the uptick rather than uh, on the downswing. Yeah. Um, so I, the trends I see are not great, um, but they're not doom and gloom either. Um, they're, they're, they're sometimes I see headlines that are really sensationalistic, you know, look at this, the decline of Christianity, the rise of the nuns, Christianity is dying in the West and dying in America. And I, you actually look at the the details and the actual statistics, and you realize no, that's really not it, the headlines don't match. So yeah. I'd encourage people not to be sensationalistic when they 
when they see statistics and, and trends and whatnot, there is a trending decline in church membership. Um, as, as there has been a decline in church membership from across, you know, there are not as many people, members of a bowling league either, you know, there's membership <laughs> in, in general is declining across the country. Um, and church that, that create that that's a tough trend because when it comes to accountability in a mm. congregation being held spiritually accountable to people, it's harder and harder to do that when you've never seen yourself as accountable to a church in the first place. Um, so that's a that's a trend that presents a, a, a challenge and an opportunity for us um, uh, as we talk about kind of recovering what that what that looks like. Um, we, I mentioned the trend on on church attendance and, and whatnot. Um, the trends on secularizing America, you know, America is is increasingly non-religious. You might think that that trend is happening um, across the board everywhere and across and especially among younger generations. Um, but there, there's some research that, that actually shows that there's a, um, there's a, a, still a substantial number of 20-somethings even who would consider themselves devout and be evangelical. Um, and even those who would consider themselves to be of no religious affiliation at all, some of them are still quite religious in what they actually will do. And so uh, sometimes those numbers, the, the, the complexity of those numbers can get, um, can get overblown. Um, it, it is a challenge with with young people that the with reaching the next generation is a challenge every um, generation has to has to um, pass on the faith to the next generation yeah. so uh, that is a trend um, that we continue to see there is certainly more of an indifference toward religion among younger people than it has been true of previous generations and uh, may likely continue to um, uh, to be the case even while there are um, there's still a good a good base of of young people. Um, one trend that you may see, and this may be something that affects some of the churches that you're serving or talking to, is um, uh, young people tend to cluster in congregations. So it can feel like in certain congregations, all the young people have fled or are gone or not coming back to church. But a lot of young people wind up going to church. They just wind up being in much younger congregations. So you see a little bit of a generation gap in in congregations as well and so uh, churches that are figuring out how to grow young instead of grow old and try to really reach on reach out and and involve the, the next generation that's those are trends i see and challenges i think that that are going to be uh, across the board for for the church in the next decade or so that 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 is definitely in line with exactly what we're seeing that's that's a great great insight so in in the last couple of minutes we have remaining, um, I'm sure that some people are listening to this and they're like, yep, yep, I've seen those trends, I, uh, membership decline, those kind of things. Uh, but we also know that, that the gospel works and we also know that God is still at work. And so maybe share some things that you've seen where God is working and, and where um, the gospel is having headway, even among these cultural challenges. Oh yeah, I mean, I think there are signs of hope all over the place. I mean, I, I, when I think about, um, you know, different ministries that I've been able to see when it comes to, I, I've, I've seen thriving college ministries at certain university campuses that are attached to local churches, um, just thriving college ministries. At the same time, have uh, have been encouraged to see lots of churches growing uh, during this time as well. Um, and by conversion, not just because, you know, it's the hot church in town and that's where everyone's going. That's uh, encouraging to see um, some of the, the, the pastors that have um, uh, become well-known are those who, who 
demonstrate a real confidence in not only in the truth of the gospel, but in the beauty of the gospel. And it comes out in the way that they communicate, um, that they're, they're not simply delivering truth. They're expressing it as beautifully as possible to show the world um, just how, um, um, just what a, a precious gift we have, what we treasure um, when, we, when we speak of the gospel of Jesus. So I think there are lots of reasons to be hopeful um, even in bivocational ministry, you know, we're talking about that. I see more and more of that as becoming a normal thing across the, the country. And, um, and there's a lot of, there are, there are certainly challenges with that, as you know, um, but there are a lot of opportunities with that too. Um, and especially when, when you think about that in the United States, but then you think of mission work, missionaries that do similar things. I just, there, there are all sorts, these challenges provide new opportunities for the church to to adjust and adapt some methods and think through some things and re-strategize. And and usually what comes out of that uh, after a lot of prayer and a lot of consideration uh, can come some really exciting things that uh, I hope will will continue to bear fruit in the future. Yeah, we tend to hear a lot of bad news and it's nice to hear good news. And uh, it's, it's easy to turn on the TV or look at our social media news feeds and see all the arguing and infighting or look at all the bad news. But there are some wonderful things happening. So true. Uh, and, and thank you for that, that encouragement there to hear that God is at work. And listen, uh, Jesus said he would build his church. And right. just because we may not see it in our community, it doesn't mean it's not happening across town or across the globe that people are being added to the church daily. As as we even are speaking right now, there's people coming to faith in Christ and being added into kingdom. So uh, I, I want to ask you, as we close out our time today, uh, do you have any suggestions for any tools or resources that people might be able to get their hands on or click on uh, that might be helpful to deal with some of the things we've talked about today? Yeah, you know, one of the, I, I, I hate to just point people to to my blog, but I feel like I'm putting resources out there on the blog all the time um, to just push people in, in the in direction when it comes to reading or uh, when it comes to um, different, some different books and things. And so in the last year or so, there's been some really helpful resources that have come out um, statistically just showing kind of what's happening, trends and whatnot. I, that I was mentioning some research on 20-somethings. I did a, a review of a book called The 20-Something Soul, which mm-hmm. um, uh, w- w- was helpful for, for me to just get a better understanding of what's, what's underneath some of those stats that you see constantly and to realize, yeah, there's some troubling trends here, but there's also some really encouraging things that are, that are going on and, you know, um, and to be able to, to pull that out and to read some of that. So, you know, I'm, I'm constantly on the blog. I'm just, I'm trying to point people uh, in the, in the direction of some resources that will hopefully be helpful as, as people are. Hey, I don't mind giving this. you, I don't mind giving you a shameless plug. You're a great curator, especially Absolutely. your Trevin seven. Uh, that's that's right. been a very, very helpful thing to me yes. personally into my ministry. So, well, I'm, you. I'm glad to hear that. I, I, I love doing that. There's just so much stuff that's good out there. I'm trying to just pass it on when I find it. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely put the link to uh, your blog in the show notes too. Um, certainly. Well, well Trevor, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us and, and sharing some insight and uh, some of your experience. And, and uh, we appreciate you being on the podcast. Glad to do it. Thanks guys. Well, we know those who've listened today have been better encouraged and even better equipped to lead in the local church. And we thank you for the time that you've given us to listen to today's podcast and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the church leadership podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.